Some church groups teach that there are no prophets today or apostles. We establish our church doctrine by the New Testament Bible. What does the New Testament Bible say to us about the subject? If you were considering divorce and remarriage, then you simply look up the word divorce and read all the scriptures about it. You look up remarriage, read all the scriptures about it. Look up the subject fornication, adultery, and read all the scriptures about it. And you establish your doctrine by comparing scripture with scripture. What is the New Testament Bible, starting at the book of Acts, where the early church is displayed? What does that show us about prophets? Are there any prophets in the early church? The early church is no different from us. Jesus has already been crucified. Jesus has already been raised from the dead. And after 40 days of walking on this earth, Jesus was taken into heaven. From heaven he established the New Testament church. He called Paul from heaven on the road to Damascus, Acts chapter 9. From heaven he appointed Paul as an apostle and a teacher to work in the ministry. Paul had not seen Jesus. He had not been like the other apostles who walked with Jesus when he was here in the flesh. How did the New Testament church get set up? It got set up from heaven by Jesus speaking to those individuals who were called to be his ministers. And what are their names? Ephesians chapter 4 tells us that. After Jesus arose, he gave gifts unto men. He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. It says he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the work of the ministry. Some is defined as multiple, multiple, not just one, not just Paul, but multiple. 
apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Today we're going to look at the prophets shown to us in the New Testament Bible. In the book of Acts in particular. Acts chapter 11, verse 27. And in these days came prophets from Jerusalem unto Antioch. Multiple prophets came down to Antioch. And there stood up one of them named Agabus and signified by the Spirit that there should be great dearth throughout all the world, which came to pass in the days of Claudius Caesar. Then the disciples, every man, according to his ability, determined to send relief unto the brethren which dwelt in Judea, which also they did, and sent it unto the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. Dearth means lack, want, scarcity. This is one of the ways New Testament prophets are used by God today. The Holy Spirit speaks to that prophet and reveals things to come and the prophet speaks what he hears from the Holy Spirit. And as a result, the church acts upon it. Acts 15 verse 32 shows two prophets working in the New Testament church. And Judas and Silas, being prophets, also themselves, exhorted the brethren with many words and confirmed them. Confirmed means establish them in the ways of God and the rules of God and faith in God. Now, this was not Judas Iscariot. He was killed before Jesus ascended. He committed suicide. The Bible tells us that he went off a precipice and his bowels gushed out. But the names of the Old Testament, Judas, Silas, those are names passed down from one generation to another, just like today. The name John is often passed down from generation to generation. Judas, at that time, was one of the names passed down. Judas was the brother of James. Not Judas Iscariot. 
I suspect after Judas Iscariot, that name did not become popular but became impopular among the Christians. But there were still men named Judas working in the churches. And this is an example of a prophet named Judas. And Judas and Silas, being prophets also themselves, exhorted the brethren with many words and confirmed them. It's ridiculous, really, to think that there aren't prophets when it says that when Jesus arose into heaven, he gave these ministers, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to the church for the edifying of the body of Christ until we all come into the unity of the faith. If you want to know how they're given from heaven, read the story of the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 9. It's the same way. A New Testament minister today is called by Jesus from heaven and trained for the work of the ministry. Acts 15, verse 32, once again, shows ministers in those days just as we have ministers today. Nothing has happened since the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus other than the giving of the inspired word of God, the Holy Bible. Nothing has happened that's different. Generations come and go, and they're waiting for the coming of Jesus where they're taken to the new heaven and new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. But so far as the church goes, there's only one doctrine, and that's the doctrine of the New Testament Bible. If you want to confirm the doctrine, pray and then read every scripture pertaining to the subject and read any scripture brought to your mind by the Holy Spirit, and you'll know the doctrine. So here we see two prophets working in the New Testament church, exhorting the brethren. Exhort means to urge earnestly by advice and warning. Exhorting the brethren with many words and confirming them. Confirm means establishing them, making them firm. 
in the ways of God and rules of God and faith in God. Silas often traveled with the Apostle Paul. You will see his name multiple times in the book of Acts. Now verse 33, And after they had tarried there a space, they were let go in peace from the brethren unto the apostles. Notwithstanding, it pleased Silas to continue to abide there. Acts 21.10 And as we tarried there many days, there came down from Judea a certain prophet named Agabus. And when he was come unto us, he took Paul's girdle and bound his own hands and feet and said, Thus saith the Holy Ghost, So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man that owneth this girdle and shall deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. Prophets very often deliver messages to the church, messages concerning things that are going to come in the future. But they also establish the church in the faith with the word of God. One night this week, I was reading 1 Corinthians 14. I saw something I'd never thought of before. God opened my eyes to see it. In 1 Corinthians 14, starting at verse 26, the Apostle Paul is instructing the church concerning what they are to do when they gather as the church. How is it then, brethren, when ye come together, every one of you hath a psalm, hath a doctrine, hath a tongue, hath an interpretation, hath an exhortation or doctrine, that is 1 Corinthians 14, 26. He's telling them this was never a one-person show, the gathering of the church. It was God speaking through whom he willed. Every one of you hath a psalm, which is a prayer. Let's read that once again. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 26. How is it then, brethren, when ye come together as the church, every one of you hath a psalm. Psalm is a prayer. It could be sung. Hath a doctrine. Hath a tongue. Hath a revelation hath an interpretation. 
Let all things be done unto edifying. And then in speaking about the prophets, he says, Let the prophets speak two or three, and let the other judge. If anything be revealed to another that sitteth by, let the first hold his peace. For ye may all prophesy one by one, that all may learn and that all may be comforted. In Acts 21, you'll see that Philip the evangelist had four daughters, virgins, who did prophesy. Prophets were a regular part of the New Testament church, and Paul instructs them as to how to conduct themselves. One by one, if something is revealed from God, that prophet speaks it. It is done orderly. I can see that if another heard something from God, they might just raise their hand. And the first would yield the floor to that prophet. For ye may all prophesy one by one, that all may learn, and that all may be comforted. Another scripture from the New Testament Bible showing prophets in the church. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27. Now ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular, and God hath set some in the church. Some of you are set in the church to care for the church in various ways. First apostles. Apostles deal with doctrine, setting firm doctrine of Christ for the church to follow. Secondarily, prophets. Prophets very often work in doctrine and also are given word of knowledge by God, spiritual gifts, to show the church things to come. Thirdly, teachers. After that, miracles, gifts of healing, helps. Pam Paget has a gift of helps, a spiritual gift of helps. Governments, diversities of tongues. These are the things set in the church by Jesus Christ. Many denominations today have ruled these things out and eliminated them, but not by God. It's by their own fleshly thinking. And they've stopped the spiritual gifts. Woe to them. Woe to those who take over and stop the spiritual gifts from coming to the church for their 
will be a very serious penalty upon those who presume to do this type of thing in the church. Second Thessalonians chapter 2 says that when Jesus comes, he will deal with the churches who have eliminated scripture. We will read about that. Second Thessalonians chapter 2. The Apostle Paul says, start at verse 3, Paul says, Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day of the Lord, the return of Jesus, will not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition. I was reading that in 1982, and God said to me, The falling away are not people leaving the churches. The falling away are churches leaving the scriptures. That allows the man of sin, the son of perdition, to move in and set up his own doctrines inside the church group. Who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Now what will happen to him? It tells us in verse 8, And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. When Jesus comes, all of these apostate churches that we see today will be destroyed, judged by Jesus. They will be consumed with the spirit of the mouth of Jesus and destroyed with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. This is 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 3 through 12. Until then, we continue as near as possible as we can to what the Bible teaches us. I have never stopped working as an apostle and prophet. 
I don't go to a church building. God put me on radio in 1980. An angel, what I believe to have been an angel of God, spoke to me as I was sleeping in the night. Hartford, Seattle, KWJS. I found KWJS to be a Christian broadcasting radio station in the Dallas area. I said to God, are you telling me to go on radio? I wouldn't know how to do that. I'm a writer, not a speaker. Instantly, I heard from the Holy Spirit, call the radio station manager. As soon as the business office was open, I called KWJS. I said to the manager, God might be showing me to go on radio. How would you do that? He said, make an audition tape, 29 and a half minutes long, send it to me, and if you fit our broadcasting, we'll offer you a contract. After the telephone call, I got my tape recorder and my kitchen timer, set the timer for 29 and a half minutes, started talking, sharing things of God. Then I mailed the tape that same day to the radio station manager, and within five days, I had a contract and was broadcasting exhortations for the church on KWJS. Before the end of the year, I was on from Hartford to Seattle, just like that angel of the Lord said. So I wasn't working in the, so to speak, traditional churches. I was on radio speaking to the church people. Exhortations from the Bible. I went into cities where I was on radio, rented meeting rooms, or used free rooms at the library in Denver and had a meeting for the radio audience and spoke to them. Later, God put me on a blog, had me start a blog. By a dream, he showed me a woman was singing. It was a nice little voice. It was a little voice, but a nice little voice. A blog is a little voice, but it's a very nice little voice because there's no censorship. Later, I found out about Amazon and began writing ministry books on Amazon, and they even have a free book program where we could give books away. Even once a day, we managed to give a book away, books away, all over the world. And then God put me on podcast. That was in February 2020, just before coronavirus. So 
I am not censored by anyone. No one tells me what to speak but the Spirit of God. I listen carefully, and when God changes a subject, he just brings me another scripture or brings me another remembrance of what Jesus has said or done. That's John chapter 14, verse 26. The Holy Spirit teaches us all things and brings to our remembrance whatsoever Jesus has said. That's the way Paul preached, and that's the way God taught me to write and do radio broadcast and do podcast. Jesus will straighten it all out when he comes. The apostate churches will be judged and destroyed by the brightness of the coming of Jesus. They refuse the love of the truth that they could be saved. They have the Bible. They could correct themselves. Instead, they go their own way, making themselves God, falling away from scriptures, setting up their own doctrine. The thing I learned immediately upon becoming a Christian Prove all things by the Bible and the Holy Spirit. Compare Scripture with Scripture. Set your doctrine by the Bible. Conform to the Word of God, the Holy Bible. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.